Today's podcast episode is all about, well, podcasts. I'm joined by Jeff Mandelson. He's the host of the One Big Tip podcast, and he also runs a full-service digital marketing agency. He's based in Miami in Florida, but he runs his business from all over the world. We're going to be talking about how to start your podcast, the advantages and benefits of doing it, how much you can build your authority and the tool it can be for networking, growing your audience. We'll also cover how to utilize technology to help promote your podcast and to use things like live streaming and to to maximize the reach of every podcast episode you produce. This episode is essential listening if you're thinking about starting a podcast or you want some tips on getting higher reach for every episode that you create. So the question is this, how do entrepreneurs like us who don't have an endless supply of cash, how do we leverage the best apps, virtual assistants, automation tools, and systems to scale our businesses, increase our profits, and have more time to do what we love to do each day? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dr. Steve Day, and this is Systemize Your Success. Hi, Jeff. Thanks very much for joining me today. Absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, man. This is this is going to be really exciting. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this one. Obviously, we've spoken a number of times. Uh, we've both been in two CCX in uh, ClickFunnels together. And also, we've spoken uh, offline as well about podcasts and about content marketing. And so I know a little bit about you and what you're about. But tell the audience, what is it that you do and uh, who do you help and how do you help them? Sure. So I have a digital marketing agency. Basically, I started this agency when I was still working in corporate and I just got fired too many times. Right. So the last time I got fired was about 12 and a half years ago and I haven't looked back. And at first I was like, how the hell am I going to keep up my Starbucks habit? Right. How am I going to pay the mortgage? How am I going to pay for the, you know, make that car payment? And, you know, it's just, I've, I've just been blessed to be able to keep on going. And what I've done is that I really gone with the flow of how the entire digital marketing industry has been, uh, you know, has been going. I started out just doing websites, then got into search engine optimization and paid ads. And then I realized that, you know, just doing someone's website isn't really all that helpful if they have crappy, um, if they have crappy words on their page. So, you know, you got to help them out with that. And one of the things I got really passionate about was you know, listening to other podcasts, you know, either lives or recorded things like that and trying to understand, you know, why these people were going up, you know, making, making and creating their own platform to, you know, actually put a lot of this great information out. So I felt it was my time to step up. So I started the one big tip podcast. And what I found was not only was it a great creative release, or allowing me to be able to pay back a little bit of the goodness that I've gotten from other people. But then I found out that podcasting really is the ultimate networking tool. I was able to start talking with people from all around the world and just connecting with them. And not only, you know, and not just anybody, I'm talking like, you know, the heads of these corporations, the heads of these startups, not going through their middlemen, not going through some mid-level director or whatever going straight to the top, having their cell phone number on my Rolodex, right? And it just became a great medium to meet new people that I probably wouldn't have been able to meet in a, you know, in a live setting in a convention or otherwise. It was, it was really just great. And now what I'm doing is I'm, you know, helping other people to find that same spark, Right. Because podcasting really is not just for creating your own vanity metrics. It's not just about hearing yourself speak. It really is the ultimate lead generation tool. And that's really what I want to teach people today. Fantastic. So, as you know, I also have a podcast. <laughs> and, I have a great one, actually. Very interesting. And uh, yeah. And so, I think a lot of what you said resonates with me and the reasons that I started it. But I think. Since starting it, a lot of the stuff that you've talked about now has come true, even though I didn't know I was meant, I didn't expect it. I didn't know what to expect really when I started. I think that's one of the hardest things for people getting started with the idea of launching a podcast is they don't really understand what the benefits are. And so therefore there's with any new thing, there's barriers in the way, there's things you are learn. there's 
apps or technology you've got to get your head around as actually just thinking what on earth am I going to actually say and talk about? But I, I think the benefits of it are, yeah, everything you've talked about and more. Um, so I, I wholeheartedly agree with everything you just said. You know, what's really interesting about this whole journey is that the second you put a microphone in front of your face, it gives you instant authority, yeah. right? You could be the most boring introverted person on earth, but the fact that you actually have have, you know, the moxie to get up and just start talking, whether it's talk to yourself, talk to a camera or to do an interview like you and I are doing right now. It really levels you up. It's a different type of confidence. I mean, you're going to be speaking anyways, right? You know, most of us, uh, most of your listeners, uh, you know, they're professionals. They've, uh, you know, they work in different industries. They have to open their mouths and speak for a variety of reasons. Why not record it? right? Because if you have to do a sales call, then you can run a podcast. It's as simple as that. And again, it's not about the vanity metrics. It's not about how many downloads you get. It's not about whether you, your mom and your, you know, and your daughter actually listen to it. It's about the connections that you make. Because what I found is that I've interviewed over 200 people so far. I don't think I've ever been asked directly, well, how many downloads do you have? Is it even worth it for me to get on your podcast, right? That's not, that's not what this is about. It's about connecting with people. It's about uh, getting on other people's audiences to promote your name and your message. And it's about the other people coming on your show to help expand their audiences as well. So, you know, there is a trade-off. There's a trade-off in time. There's a trade-off in, um, you know, the content that you're getting, right? So I get content from you by, you know, by doing an interview with you. And then I promote your appearance on my show. Hopefully you're going to take the same assets that I create. And then you promote your own appearance on my show as well to your audience. And then we just grow together. It's as simple as that. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, that idea of just networking and not just networking, not just networking as in meeting cool people like yourself and like all the other guests that I've got on the show so far, but it's also growing your network. It's that aspect of it that I think is really important. But I think one of the things that the things I didn't expect from it was the audience that listens to it most is my existing audience. And it sounds obvious now I'm saying it, but it gives another medium for people already in your warm audience or even your clients to hear what you have to say, to learn more about you, spend more quality time, so to speak, listening to your ideas and the people that you're speaking to and, and, and you're feeding into their knowledge base. And I think that's a really strong thing to grow, to, to reinforce the connections you already have. And that's something that is incredibly valuable to keep those relationships going and hopefully to then keep them with people's clients or to, to generate new clients from your, from your leads. I think you know what it is, is that I call it the subtle flex, right? It's uh, you know, you're walking through a shopping mall and you see a guy with a ripped t-shirt and ripped jeans, but he's wearing a Rolex, right? And you just realize, okay, yeah, you know, like this guy can go and buy, you know, like any, you know, any six figure car he wants. It's a subtle flex is what it is. You know, you're just, you're flexing, but you're not going out there and saying, Hey man, I'm the best. Right. And I think also, I know for a fact, and I accept this, right. I know that my personality is toxic to two out of 10 people. Right. I, I, I just get it. You know, some people just listen to me like, I will not do business with this guy. And you know something, God bless you. Hope you live a long and healthy life. Right. But what happens is that now that I'm putting myself out there, now that you can actually hear me speak, now that you can hear my inflection, now that you can hear the goodness of what I am talking about, and hopefully if it does resonate with you, then great, you will be more inclined to reach out and contact me. Or if my voice just irritates you to no end, then great, you know, we'll never speak. And, you know, there won't be a problem with, uh, you know, getting into business with somebody that you didn't like. So I think that also the, uh, you know, the personality comes out and it really allows you to, you know, to put yourself out there. People are going to listen to it. Right. And it becomes this compendium of knowledge as well. You know, what we're talking about today, what could be the same conversation we would have had 10 years ago. It's also going to be the same conversation we're going to have 10 years from now. 
that's the, you know, that's the beauty of this. I mean, as long as we stay away from, from current election topics and, you know, pandemics that may or may not have affected us by now, by the time you're listening to this, what's going to happen is it is all entirely, entirely relevant. The rest of the stuff is bang on exactly what you need to hear. And hopefully, you know, the person listening to it will be like, huh, I needed to hear that today. That's going to give me that little extra push to move forward and make my magic happen. Okay. I agree. I agree. And on that note, Let's talk about actually getting the podcast off the ground. So if any of the audience are listening to this now and think, oh, you know, sounds like a great idea, but you know, there's some of those, some of those classic barriers to, to getting started with anything. I think with podcasts is probably, I don't know what I'm going to talk about, or I don't have enough to talk about, or who will listen to me is one of the biggest fears. And I think that's something uh, you touched on before with, with, it's not actually about the number of listeners. It doesn't matter how many people are listening. And you'll be probably surprised when you do start a podcast, if you listen to this now, that how many people do end up listening to your podcast. But even if if those are the things that people are thinking, the barriers in the way, what do you say to those people? How do, we, how do you help to get them over the line and actually just get that first episode out there and launched? So, you know, to quote Nike is, uh, you know, just do it, right? And what happens is that you can fret over the tech. Right. I know I did, you know, and as soon as you put a microphone in front and it doesn't need to be this, you know, this big hulky mic that I have in front of me right now, it can be a $20 or 25 pound, you know, little lapel mic that you connect to your, uh, you know, that you connect to your phone. It does not need to be, you know, studio quality. You don't need to do this in your closet. You don't need to do this in a sound treated room. Yeah, it may help depending on, you know, where you are and how you're doing it. But I think that the most important aspect of this is what do you have to talk about? I mean, let's say, for example, you're a financial planner, right? So every time you get a new client in, right, you probably have a process for onboarding them, asking them a couple of questions or whatever, but there's, there is always going to be some kind of client meeting. You're going to have to speak with them either on the phone or face-to-face. And most likely that script you have honed in on already in your years of working in that particular industry. So being able to talk to people and recording it is actually, it's actually something you're already doing. So I think that's the part that really scares people. It's like, oh my God, I'm recording this right now. Hell yeah, you're recording it because it's interesting, right? Because it's interesting to, it's interesting to touch on those things. And Frankly, what happens is that, you know, like one of the things I learned, you know, by being with you in the 2CCX club, for example, you don't necessarily need to pay for a mentorship program in order to be successful, you know, creating sales funnels and leveling up your business. You can go and read the books on your own. The books tell you exactly what to do in addition to what the, what, you know, whatever masterminds we attended, right? It's all there in black and white. Go read it. Go read it and implement it. What happens? You know, some people are going to read it and you're like, oh, that's nice. But, you know, they need that. They need that extra push. So then they'll join some kind of course, how to create a sales funnel. Right. And then they'll go and create it. And it's like, oh, it's not working for me. What's the next step? OK, now I'm going to pay, you know, X uh, thousands of dollars to join a uh, join a mastermind. And then I'm going to do it as a group so that my group can help me out. Right. The fact of the matter is you can you can do this stuff on your own. You can do this with a little bit of a course. You can hire someone out to help you actually bring it to fruition. But at the end of the day, it's you that needs to take action. It's you that actually needs to make it take off. And a podcast does not necessarily need to be a, you know, a long winded three hour Joe Rogan experience type thing. We don't need to talk about, you know, like your life before you got married or, or your dog being sick or how your kids grew up. We don't need to talk about that. I've been on a podcast that was less than five minutes where they ask one simple question. Hey, Jeff, can you talk about this? All right, great. Three sentences later, hit stop on the record. We're done, right? That's a podcast as well. So really what it comes down to is just coming up with a format that you feel will work for the business that you're, you know, that you're working on. I happen to be working on the business side, right? So I'm looking at this purely for a networking opportunity. I am trying to meet the greatest amount of people in the shortest amount of time and actually get some great information out of them. 
There are other podcasters who are telling scary stories. There are other podcasters who talk about the, all the adversity that they've gone through in their lives and how they're and how they're becoming better people for it. Right. So there are many different ways for you to address this. Right. But I think bottom line for people that have a business, it really helps out in terms of branding. It helps out in terms of paying it forward. And really what happens is that you're able to really project that knowledge because, you know, and even if you invite a competitor onto your show, right, it's just showing that you're, you know, that you know enough about the industry, that you respect your industry enough and you're comfortable enough to bring a competitor on and talk shop with them. I mean, that is gold. How else are you going to do that? Are you going to like drive over to their offices and like, hey, show me around? But I guarantee you, put a microphone in front of my face, put a microphone in front of your face. We can do that, even though like you and I, you know, we do some overlapping things together, right? But there really is no danger in terms of, oh, I'm going to take his clients or he's going to take mine. Um, there, A, there's more than enough business for all of us, right? And some people are going to like Steve's face. And Steve's way of doing it. And that's great. God bless you. Please go with him. He's great. Right. Others are going to like Jeff's. Right. And that's also great. You know, and I think we both respect each other in that, uh, you know, in that regard. So basically what I'm saying is that, you know, to get started, you really can start with the minimal amount of uh, with the minimal amount of equipment. Obviously, if you want to make this more than just a hobby, you should, you know, there, you know, there's some other you know, gear that you can get, you know, you can get a key light, to, you know, light up your face a little bit better. You can get a, you know, a dynamic mic so that you sound better as you're talking. Right. But at the end of the day, what happens, it's the, it's the, it's the skills and the confidence and the aura that you're going to bring to recording that and actually building this library so that you can then show other people like, like, um, uh, you know, what I find what usually happens is like people will ask me, well, how do I know that you know a lot about digital marketing? Well, go listen to my 150 episodes and, you know, let me know. Let me know what you think. Right. Again, subtle flex. Like I don't need to I don't need to drive up in a Lamborghini in order to show you how rich I am. Right. But, you know, it's all out there. Google my name. It's all out there. Right. And I'm a very easy person to find. And I, and I think you'll find that most people who put themselves out there are the same way, right? Because it is just so easy for us to put that information out there and to make it available on so many different mediums. Yeah, totally. I think that's, um, it's such a powerful thing for, for building authority and brand, like you mentioned before, but you mentioned it again now. And it, I think that's one of the, the key things to, uh, to realize that it's one of those mediums which you can't really fool. Like you either have or you haven't created all this content and it's your voice on that. It's not like when you're repurposing people's contents and putting out posts onto Facebook, which anyone could do for you. This is you, you're speaking, you're, the words are coming out of your mouth. Same as you know, if you did like uh, YouTube lives, you know, it's that sort of medium of this is really, these are, this is me. This is, this is Dr. Steve Day. And you know, this is Jeff Mendelson. We can't fake that. Well, not yet. Not until deep, deep, whatever it's called, deep fake voice comes in properly, but you know, and so therefore it's a real proven authority building, yeah, unblaggable process. Like, you know, and I think that's, that's something that's, that's nice. And I think there's something about the audio as well, which just makes it a bit more friendly and, and, um, less salesy in, in many respects. You don't get many podcasts that are out there just trying to sell on you, you know, sell to you. It's like they, they're out there to generally speaking to, to help and to, to pass on information and, and what we learn in our jobs and our industries and our experiences, with our clients. And you mentioned before about, you know, people uh, in professional, in the professional world, having meetings like, for example, financial planner, I get loads of the content, which, which is stacked up, ready to come onto podcasts from client meetings. I help them in the meetings. I think that was like, that, that was a really useful thing that that person, but I shared with that person today, let's do a podcast for it. And so there'll be, you know, a podcast that'll come out at some point when I need a slot and I've got a little bank of, of ideas and you just create once you got, once you start thinking about, Oh, I'm going to create a podcast around a topic. Then every time a, an idea pops in your head, you just stick it on the list and then you've got something else to talk about. Um, because I think that was one of my fears was, am I going to have enough to talk about? And now I don't have enough podcast, enough time to do my podcast to get all the, the content out there. 
So it's an interesting, uh, interesting problem to have. But uh, anyway, you know, uh, you know what was interesting about my podcast is that at first I started out as how the hell am I going to get four people a month to talk to me? Right. Because I knew I wanted to be consistent. I knew I wanted to get out there. And you know what? Just sort of snowballed. Just sort of snowballed. Uh, four turned to 10, 10 turned to 20, 20 turned to 40, 40 turned to 60. I'm like, wait a second. There's only 52 weeks in a year. Like, like, what am I going to like? Next thing you know, I had, I was up to, I recorded 60 episodes and I was only releasing 20 deep. I'm like, what is this? You know, people are going to listen to this six months later. That's crazy. So I increased the cadence, right? So now I'm not releasing once a week. I'm releasing twice a week. And people just kept on coming. They just kept on coming. And it wasn't until December, uh, December of 2020, you know, nine months ago where I was like, no, uh, no, I got to stop. I was recording. I was recording into September. Right. And I was like, no, they, you know, this can't. So basically what I did, I just paused, you know, I already had the content recorded. So it's not like I needed to record any more at that point and just sort of retooled it, just sort of re-envisioned it. And one of the things that was really interesting, a really interesting revelation was that, um, you know, I heard this quote last week, YouTube is now, well, it always has been, but you know, just to hear it vocalized is that it is the universal content search engine right? Content search engine. There are so many podcasts that are coming on YouTube right now. And, you know, and you think to yourself, you know, YouTube equals video, but there are plenty of videos that do not feature a face, right? You don't need to be in front of the camera staring at the circular lens in order to do, to do it, you know, and there are some very popular shows that you have probably watched, right? If you're interested in Marvel, you probably saw one or two looper videos, you probably saw one or two polygon videos, right? And they're just talking about, you know, the fan theory for Black Widow or the fan theory for, you know, for Doctor Strange. And you never see the narrator's face, right? All they're doing, they, the, the person that produced it either recorded it or they got a professional narrator to do it for you. And then they just created a whole video around it. And that's it. And those videos also get, you know, tons of, uh, tons of views and tons of comments. Yeah. We, so what yeah. Happened? Sorry, Jeff, we, we, on just on that. So we use an app called, um, headliner, which, you know, it just basically puts some um, audio bars going up and down. So when you haven't got a video, a lot of my podcasts I do record with a video like we're doing now. So when this goes on the YouTube channel, it'll be, you know, you'll be able to see our faces, but in sometimes I don't, sometimes it's just not convenient to have a video camera or whatever. And, um, so I just basically, yeah, do, do the audio bars and that just gives something interesting to look at. So even if you're at this point thinking, oh, I just don't want to get myself on, on video. I just, you know, podcast is enough. Then leave it at that. Just, just do the podcast bit, but don't, you know, as you're saying, Jeff, like get onto YouTube as well, but don't worry if it's not got a video in there. Just make sure, you know, your description's right and your hashtags and your title's good and you've got a good thumbnail. And that's what people will actually hone in on. And they don't need to see, you know, you don't need to see your face. Your voice is enough. So yeah, I totally agree. There are so many great uh, apps out there. So Headliner is one of the best ones. And you're right. Just put a slide up there and, uh, you know, you have little wave files going and that's your video. And that becomes searchable because YouTube is the second largest search engine out there. And it's actually a lot easier to rank still on YouTube for particular keywords than it is on Google itself. So it can be a, an incredible benefit for your brand can be an incredible benefit for your business. If you decide to pursue that, uh, if you decide to pursue that medium. All right. So I'm going to ask you a question, Jeff, while I've got you. So we've got a bunch of videos that we've put out, our uh, podcast videos, and they've gone onto our YouTube channel. We're pretty new to this and they didn't have keywords added when we were putting them on there. We just basically got our show notes, put them in the description, whacked them on there and got them on there. And then I've just realized actually they should probably have some keywords. And so with something like YouTube, is it worth going back and adding the keywords later or is the, is the damage done now? No, you can definitely go back and edit those. I mean, it's your channel, right? So you can go in and edit the title, edit the descriptions, but edit the not tag. like what I was thinking from the search perspective. It's not like, you know, when you put a web page up and it gets trolled by the bots, it's, it's, I think keywords are different on they? because people search for keywords and that's what pulls them up. Is that right? That, yeah, that's basically correct. And also you can, um, you know, you can help it out. Like if you go back later and add subtitles to the, uh, you know, to the videos, what's going to happen is those subtitles actually get searched, right? And it's not like YouTube has any trouble uh, sub automatically subtitling your video anyways in different languages. I mean, I've watched 
you know, the videos from Brazil that are speaking in Portuguese, but you just turn on the auto captioning, switch it to English and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, no, I got this. Right. So, I mean, yeah, they got it. You know, they, they can figure that out. But if you can help the algorithm out by putting in that information, all of that becomes information that's searchable. So yeah, definitely. If you have the time and you have the, uh, you have the manpower, go back and retool those. It'll only benefit you. Yeah. Well, what, what we do with the subtitles again, because getting subtitles actually professionally done is actually quite expensive, but we actually use an app called otter.ai, which is like 10 hours a month for free. And, um, that does a pretty good, like 80 to 90% accuracy, uh, transcription. And that, if, if you're only using it for the purpose really of, uh, for the search engines to find is, is ample, you know, it'll catch all your main, main words and everything you're using. And so it literally, it takes three minutes to do, you kick out your SRT file, which is like the caption file, whack that into YouTube and it's done. So it doesn't need to cost anything and it doesn't need to take any time to do that. And you still get the benefits from it. So all it takes is a process and someone to manage it. Right. So whether it's you who's going to do it, whether it's your VA is going to do it, somebody needs to do it. Right. You know, all of these little details that we're talking about here. Right. You know, they all need to be done. Right. I know for each episode that I produce, I have like 25 definite, like definite tasks that need to happen. They need to be checked off one by one and they need to go in order. The audio guy needs to do his thing. Then the project manager needs to listen to it. Make sure that the audio guy did a good enough job. Then somebody needs to send it to order to get transcribed. And then someone's got to check the, you know, the transcription and then you got to download it from there and then upload it to YouTube. So yeah, all of those, all of those tasks need to happen, right? You just need to be very organized and making sure that it gets done on a consistent basis, right? Because if you're going to be producing this with any kind of regularity, you're going to need to either do it yourself or pay someone to do it. And, you know, I'll leave that to your expertise to talk about finding that person who can actually, you know, get that kind of work done. But the fact of the matter is all of these little details can only help you. Yeah. But, and this is, I think a really important thing just to jump in here. You don't need all this to get started. And so just for me, for example, so, you know, I've been outsourcing for years and it's one of the things I do a lot of and help people do. But when I started my podcast, now, I actually have a, I have a podcast agency that um, I have a lifetime deal with. So they do my editing of the podcast itself and they produce the show notes and they stick it onto, onto the different channels. But beyond that, the actual promotion of it, the all the stuff we've just talked about with YouTube and putting into, say, Facebook and LinkedIn and creating the uh, the transcription and putting those on, et cetera, et cetera. So creating the thumbnails and the quote cards, all that stuff. None of that is done by them. And so, so... When I started it, started in the podcast, all I did was get the podcast live. That's it. And I did a post and I got my VA just to do a post saying, oh, the podcast has gone live. And it's literally just a, you know, here's the URL to get on the podcast. Boom, boom. And then we slowly went through and started saying, okay, so what's the next thing we could do to help promote this a bit? And then we just added that to the pro, to the pipeline. So we call it a, a podcast promotion pipeline. And it's basically taking from the audio file all the way through to having it on YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook and quote cards out there and all the rest of it. But we just did it piece by piece. Man. Okay, what's the next thing we can do? Like we just talked about earlier about the, the hashtags. So that's the next thing we're going to do is now it's gone on YouTube, we've got thumbnails there. We realized, oh, sure, we need to actually go back and put hashtags. So now we're going to then get some uh, training on how you get good hashtags and then give that to the VAs. They're going to do that. And then they can then do that bit. So that's one thing I think people don't realize about they look at somebody who's successful already. They've been doing it for a long time and they think they've got to emulate that from day one. And, and that could be really scary. And that's not the reality. That person didn't. That's start. not the reality at all. Yeah. And I think that's a really, it's, it's one of those things that when you realize that and when you can accept that you won't be as good as, you know, the people that have been doing it for years on day one, but you'll never be as good as them if you don't actually start somewhere. And you know, so not that I'm inviting you or anyone else to do this, but you can go back and listen to my first episodes. <laughs> Please don't. Right. But if you do, you'll just realize how bad I sucked when I first started. I mean, I think like the first or second, the first or second episode, I couldn't even pronounce the guest names correctly. Like it was that bad. Right. And I couldn't edit. I couldn't even edit that part out. But you just get better. Yeah. You know, you just get better. It's like one of those, it's like getting up on stage again and again and again and again and again. It's going, you know, you're going to get better to the point where 
you know, now I can do a live and it'll still be pretty good. I mean, last week I did one. I'm, you know, I messed up the intro. I'm like, okay, it's live. Hey, let's do this again. Pause for a second, slow down, take a deep breath, go at it again. Who cares? No. Right. Nobody really cares. And what's going to happen is. Go, sorry. Go go on, Jeff. Yeah. And what's going to happen is it's just going to make you even more endearing. It's going to be like, wow, that guy had the balls to get up there and actually do it. Maybe I should do something like that too. That's what people are going to think. And the ones that think differently, well, F them. You don't need them. Yeah, exactly. No, I I was going to say exactly the same thing. I think making mistakes, owning your mistakes and just getting on with it makes you into a real human being. And people, people connect with other people. They connect with humans. They don't connect with people that are pitch perfect every single moment of the time of the day. Cause it's, it's unachievable. It's not real. And that's just like the Photoshop world, but, but in publishing sense, you know, you don't always have to be on point every, every second of every day. I think one of the things that just, just to touch on something you just said then, which, which I, which I don't do, which I was thinking, um, uh, which we talked about earlier, which is about doing the podcast live. I never thought about that. I've actually, I've done a few of my own. So I do a, a Q and A into my groups. And sometimes when there's questions aren't coming in, I just think, Oh, I'll just go do my next podcast episode and I'll record the podcast episode as I'm doing a Q and A. So it, it saves time. So I'm doing the Q and A anyway, no one's asked me a question. So I just answer a generic question, record the audio and then put it on as a podcast. But you did something else. So what do you, what do you do with your interviews? So basically what happened was I noticed I was recording way too far into the future. Right. And I, I just felt it was kind of disrespectful to bring someone on the show, record their voice, record their thing, and then say, well, no one's going to hear about this until September, right? You know, and it's like January. So I was like, you know, something to hell with this, right? So I set up my account so that I can do it live. I set up, I figured out how to get my camera to be a webcam and make my iPad the screen that's right under the camera. So it's like, okay, you know, like I did all that technical stuff and I would just record them live. Right. And the cool thing about it is that recording live, if you just do that, right. I know a number of people that just do lives now. It's one and done. There is no editing. There is no going back. There is no, you know, trying to, you know, adding in sound effects. I mean, you can get a stream deck and you can sit there and, you know, and control it with your right hand as you're talking. Right. But think about it. If you're on a sales call, if you're on a live sales call with somebody, you're doing this live anyways, you need to perform. You need to come out there and you need to have a solid presentation. So I think most of us, you know, mid-level career people, however you want to call it, are already, you know, we're already very professional at this. So to actually interview with somebody, you know, over Zoom, over Riverside, or, you know, using Ecamm, whatever, whatever your tech of choice is, you're already doing it. And if you're going to make live the centerpiece of your offering, then great. There is no editing involved because you just did it live. You hit start, you started talking, and then you hit stop when you're done. And that's it. You're done. And then you can, and then your team can go and create the quote cards and take the audio and repurpose it to, you know, to, you know, to kingdom come. And that's fine. Right. And, and that's really great because what's happening is that first of all, the networks still want lives. Right. They're, you know, they've already conquered, you know, the pictures of your cats eating, uh, eating people food. They've already picked, they've already conquered the photos of you eating in a nice restaurant or, you know, sunsets in Bali or, you know, all that neat stuff. Right. And, you know, recording, recording a video and actually uploading it a few days later. Yeah, they do that too. Right. But now the next frontier for these networks and these networks I keep on referring to are, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube is live. And if you subscribe to someone's channel, you will get a notification on your phone saying, hey, this guy is going live. If you have notifications enabled on LinkedIn, we'll say, hey, Jeff Mendelson is going live right now, right? None of those apps are necessarily telling you that, hey, Jeff just made a new post about his business musing of the day, but it will tell you that I'm going live right now and it will stay in that notification feed. And what happens is that that also builds a compendium of knowledge, right? That also builds this. You know, when people go and look at, um, you know, when, when you go and cyberstalk somebody, when you want to know, like, is this part with this person says that they're, that they're a TEDx speaker and they're a sought after speaker and they, you know, they made uh, you know, $20 million or whatever should be pretty easy to cyberstalk them. Right. So if you go to their LinkedIn profile, you go to their YouTube channel and well, if you see that they have 11 subscribers and two views, yeah, that, you know, a they're starting. 
right? Now, I'll be honest, I'm still starting with the YouTube channel, but on LinkedIn, it's like, yeah, I have a pretty sizable, I have a pretty sizable audience. Why? Because that's a network that I've been developing for much longer than I have been with YouTube, right? And what happens is that it's done. It's up there. Go for it. Please, you know, please go check out, you know, one of my, uh, one of my interviews. They're actually pretty interesting. I, you know, lately I've been getting some really interesting people on there and it just creates this, uh, it, it creates an excellent medium for you to show off your work, show off your strengths because you are bringing these interesting people on your show. Or if you're doing it live uh, on your own, then great. You probably have a slide deck of notes that you're reading off of and that you're, you know, making a presentation like the, the five tips you need to make LinkedIn work for you, whatever. Great. You know, I watch those all the time as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and, and just one final thing on this before we move on doing lives doesn't just work when you're interviewing people, you can do your podcast. Like I was saying, doing a podcast live means it's done. And one thing I found, which it's sort of counterintuitive almost, but when you do a live video, you can't stop. You can't press pause and redo. And so if you've got a 10 minute video to do, you'll get it done in 10 minutes. Whereas from experience and you know, I've done, I've done thousands of hours of videos. If I do it offline, I will stop and make mistakes because nobody's watching and, oh, sorry, when I make mistakes, I'll stop. Whereas if I'm live, you just fudge through it. And when you listen back and after that was terrible, you listen back and like, you know what? It was all right. It's fine. Let's just go. Because when you're live, like when you're speaking like now, like the way I'm speaking now, if you transcribe the way I've just said those past three sentences, it would make probably make no sense at all. But because it's part of a conversation and because if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see my face and, and you know, it's just the way that this conversation is going. It actually is totally fine. And so that's the great thing about, doing something live is it's just you just forced to just battle on and keep going so um yeah i, I think it's a, a brilliant tip all right yeah cool i mean you know going live it really does it really does bring you superpowers i you know i highly recommend that everyone should i think for linkedin you still need to apply but uh you know for youtube and facebook you know the power is there just literally turn on your phone turn on your camera and just talk and you can use, um, what do I use? StreamYard. I know, what do you use? You use something else. So I use uh, Restream.io. And actually, there are a few new ones coming out, you know, like Riverside.fm will also record and go live. And, um, you know, you can use Ecamm if you're on a Mac. And, you know, each one of these are going to bring different types of uh, different types of strengths. Just for, to for anyone who's not accustomed, these are to apps which basically allow you to go live on your computer and it will stream to multiple different social media channels like linkedin facebook and uh, in instagram maybe you're not sure Depends no so you instagram get. you still have to do like off uh you know like uh, you have to do instagram straight through the yeah, app. okay but, most but there are ways most yeah, but there are ways around it so you know like um you know there's this one app called onestream.live which allows you to record a video and then you can and then you can live stream it to Instagram. So, you know, that's pretty cool. So the, there's like all these different things that you can use. You know, if there's if there's something you want to do, there's most likely an app that can either do it directly or can get you around whatever limitation is there. Yeah. Live, live Pigeon is one that I played around with for a little bit. Did the same thing. You recorded it, not live. And then it looks like it's going live when it's going out. But I end up never using it. I always do my lives live. So I thought, what's the point? So uh, maybe in the future, well, I don't know. So if you see me live, it is really live um, at the moment anyway. So just moving on from this. So we've got people sort of started, hopefully over the barriers of just getting your first episode out there, realizing it doesn't need to be perfect. Idea of going live for save time, save editing, and actually just, again, just getting content out there. But one thing that we talked about when we we had a chat a little while ago, which, which was, I thought, a really, really nice idea was to create a podcast website. So a mini website, so to speak, purely focused on your podcast. Can you just tell us a bit about your the idea of this and how it works and why, you, why someone would want to do this? Sure. So basically what happens is that uh, you need somewhere to host your audio files, right? It needs to be hosted somewhere so that the directories, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Apple, so that they can all pick it up and make it available, right? Now, what happens is that 
those aren't those directories are not your website right so you cannot put you know if i go if i go look for your podcast steve on the apple podcast app I'm not on your website. I'm still on Apple Podcasts. So whatever call to action you may think you have on there is, frankly, it's not there. It's not your website, right? I'm going to say it's not your website a couple of times. So let's just drill that into your head. Then the host that you're putting it on, let's just use Buzzsprout as an example. Buzzsprout will give you, let's let's call it a website homepage, you know, where you could say like, you know, jeffmendelson.buzzsprout.com, right? And it'll host your files and it'll put a picture up there and maybe a banner, but it's still not your website, right? So, you know, let, uh, uh, let's just be clear. It's not a page that you control 100%. Why is that important, right? If you want to put some kind of pop-up that says, hey, if you want to download Steve's 10 tips on uh, on becoming instantly productive or you want to rec- or you want to download Jeff's uh, you want to get on Jeff's newsletter, you can't do it on a buzz on a Buzzsprout, Buzzsprout site. You can't do it on Anchor. You can't do it on Libsyn. You can't do it on any of these other things. But when you have a website, you know, either whether it's by WordPress, Wix, Squarespace, what have you, at least that's a website that you can control. Right. That's one where you control what graphics go where you control the banner, you control the image, you control the, you know, the player. And then you have an infinite amount of space to put whatever you want into that description for that particular episode on the sidebar. You can put a uh, you can put a call to action. Give me your email address and I'll send you my 10 tips to do X, Y and Z. Or, you know, I can display not only the show notes, but I can also show you the transcription. Best of all, you can pixel them, right? So you can put your Facebook pixel on there. And then even if they visit your site, even if it's for a hot second, right? They visited your site. Oh, I don't have time to listen to this right now. Great. You just pixel them. Now you can send them ads, right? And that's the most powerful part is that now you've captured them. Maybe you didn't capture their email address, but now you can capture them in terms of in terms of pushing more direct ads to them because you know that they have visited a page that's about productivity or they have visited a page that's about time management or they visited a page that's about financial accounting, whatever it is. You can then segment that traffic because you have a pixel that's collecting that information. That is the primarily the biggest reason why you should have uh, make your home base for your podcast, not where you're hosting it, but actually your own website so that you can offer more in addition to the episode than just the episode itself. Yeah. I love it. One of the things I uh, got one of the most, the most, not the most, saying one of the real valuable nuggets I took away when we had a chat and, um, so I've yet to implement this. If you're if you're listening to this podcast anytime soon, but I have been looking into this, and um, there are lots of depending on what you're on. You mentioned WordPress before, so actually there are a load of WordPress themes specifically designed for this purpose. And they'll take your stream, they'll put it on there, and they've already laid everything out nicely. And so it doesn't need to be some technical or expensive thing to do this. You don't need a you know to have a web developer to. To design it from scratch, you can actually get someone to just play around with a template if you haven't got loads of money and you're happy with something out of the box. And so, um, yeah, I think it's a really sensible and and just logical thing to do. That capturing. I think it also comes down to branding, right? Yeah. Like, why send somebody off-site if your brand, you know, is your name, or if your brand is, you know, like Coca-Cola? It's like, why would you send them to Buzzsprout if you know if you're Coca-Cola? Right. You need to, you know, you all of your assets should be the central hub for them should be in one place. So what happens is that when you control the branding and when you control where everything is hosted, then you control the message, you control the next step. You know, if you watch the movie, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, which I highly recommend you do, you know, the thing they drive into your head very early in a movie, ABC, always be closing, right? Because someone listens to your podcast, then what? What do you want them to do after that? Right? It's a simple question. Do you want them to listen to another episode? Do you want them to follow up and join your newsletter? Do you want them to buy a product or service from you? That's really what it comes down to. What is the next step? And the best way for you to control that is by owning the traffic and owning the site 
that it, that the home base is actually is actually available on. Yeah, and you just made me think of uh, something here, which might be useful for people. And if you've got a really popular episode, that should be your first thing that people land on, or they will be that be the first thing that people will land on when they search. But then your end card, you're saying what happens next. If you've got an end card, if it's on YouTube, then the end card can send them to the next thing. So your next most popular episode. And this is something we did by accident, but it seemed to work really well. So if you're new to this, then this will be interesting. Right, so think about it. So let's say, for example, somebody listens to your podcast, right? And then you put on the end card, like, did you like what you listened to? Hey, I have this this infographic of the top 10 tips you need to know about specifically on the subject. Please go here. Yeah. Right. And that's the, that should be a natural for you, right? You should always be thinking about the next step. What is the next thing I want them to do? And if it's just listen to another episode, eh, maybe that's nice, but it's not exciting. Right. But what is the next step is the, the next step you should be, you should be giving them so much value that it becomes a no brainer for them to give you their email address so that you can continue serving them to the highest level. Yeah, And you just need to keep that. That needs to be your singular focus for every single piece of content that you create. What is the next step? Why am I doing this? And how is it serving my community? Brilliant, brilliant advice. Okay. I just want to touch on one last thing because um, I like to travel. I know you like to travel too. I've just come back from a week in Spain, but uh, you went a little bit further afield quite recently. And um, you off to, you went off to Brazil. And I know you have connections there and can uh, tell us a bit about that if you want. Um, But when you were there, you came on the mastermind, you were there and you were basically fully set up. And that's an interesting thing. I I have a pretty remote business, but I haven't gone as far as to have my full studio with me in my bag. And so I can run my business from my laptop or my phone, generally speaking, doesn't require me to be in any specific location. And that's the sort of the lifestyle business that I've chosen to create, but you definitely take it one step further. So just before we finish, do you want to uh, just touch on that? Cause I think it's a. Sure. So let me just say that um, my backpack was very heavy. Okay. So make no mistake about it. You know, like, you know, those people that pose like, Oh yeah, I'm working from this, uh, from this thatch hut in Bali. Yeah. That's all. That's all bull because like, uh, well, it's not bull. They are right. But the equipment needed to do that. It, uh, you know, the little webcam that you plug in the, I brought a boom arm with me, right. You know, my lightest boom arm, but it's one that fit in my backpack. I brought a uh, dynamic mic with me that plugs in USB and my backpack was very full. Right. But what it allowed me to do was to continue recording from a WeWork in downtown Sao Paulo. And it was great because really what was happening was I did not miss a beat. So, you know, I tell people I was not on vacation, right? I still went to work five days a week. I still, you know, got up in the morning and took an Uber to where I needed to be. You know, I was just in that mindset. My wife had, you know, her things to do. She hadn't been back in country for, you know, for, for a year plus. So she wasn't able to, um, you know, so she really needed that time to go visit family, friends and, you know, whatever business she needed to take care of, but I'm not going to carry her luggage. Right. So, you know, I went to do my thing and she went to go do her thing. And basically what that meant was I just brought all my stuff with me to, um, you know, to a WeWork and, you know, set it up and, you know, that attracted a lot of attention, right? All of a sudden it's like, who's this guy that set up, sets a, you know, in the common area, right? I didn't take like an office, right? I just set it like in a common area. All of a sudden I set up this boom arm and I got this little mic going in front of me and I put the little webcam perched on top of my, uh, perched on top of my laptop. And yeah, you're right. That's exactly how I worked. And what happened was um, it just allowed me to not miss a beat. Right. It allowed me to, you know, to still keep on going because again, I, I wasn't there to go around, you know, I've been to Sao Paulo so many times, like, please, you're going to bring me to, you know, to that downtown market again. Like, all right. Yeah. I've been there. You know, it's like, I I don't need that anymore, but you know, bottom line, I could have done the same thing from a beach location, right? As long as I have a decent internet connection, I can still continue what it is that I'm doing. And that was most important for me, but yeah, that backpack did weigh a ton. Right. But I was able to, I was able to keep everything rolling. And I think that was the biggest, uh, the biggest boost in productivity for me. 
Yeah. And it means you're not spending time away from your family when you know your family wants to go somewhere and you don't like you, you, your business is still going and you, you can't take time out for whatever reason or don't want to, you want to continue doing what you're doing, but it doesn't mean you have to be separated from them. I think that's a really so, powerful thing. Right. I mean, you, you, you know, like if you go on holiday, right. Uh, you know, I'm not going to bring the boom arm. Right. And I just got a new iPad, for example. And I've been I, I, last week I went on another trip to Nashville, Nashville in Tennessee. And I did it just with the just with the iPad. Right. So that was my first time traveling light. Right. And it worked for me. I was able to do 99 percent of everything that I needed to do on that, uh, you know, on that iPad. I just didn't schedule any recordings for that week. Right. But I was able to still be connected and, and productive and have everything ready to go. And it really comes down to, you know, like the type of tech that you have, you know, can you do this from your, you know, from your six inch phone? Yes. You know, can you do this from your 13 inch laptop? Yes. You know, but it, you really need to make yourself comfortable and have the gear ready to go. So when you do go a little bit further afield that you're actually able to stay more productive. I mean, I don't think I would be happy being totally cut off for 10 days on a beach, right? I would just go, I would just go completely nuts. So the fact that I now have an iPad that I can just take with me and go sit in a corner while everyone else goes, play, goes and plays in the sand. That's how I enjoy myself. Right. And I think my family and my kids, you know, they, they all kind of respect that. Yes. I do spend a lot more time with them when I do that, but also I'm able to attend to my business and able to keep my sanity and the things that I enjoy as well. And that's what keeps everybody happy because you really don't want a miserable Jeff on your beach vacation. Right. And, you know, everyone's going to, everyone's going to interpret that a little bit differently. You know, my wife is also a workaholic, so she also does, you know, she's checking her WhatsApps when she should be in the water, but Hey, you know, that's how she runs her business. Right. And it really just comes down to, okay, you know, we were able to get away, but, uh, you know, we stay over here. Changes in uh, 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 changes in latitudes or changes in attitudes. And what happens is that it just it just makes things much more fun. You know, just to do it from a different location, from a different view, from a different, you know, just, you know, with different, uh, you know, with better coffee and with, you know, with different types of food and, you know, all that neat stuff. It just adds so much of a of a better spice to the week, two weeks or the month that I spent in Brazil you know, still continuing to work and getting things done. Yeah, I totally agree. Fantastic. Jeff, thank you very much for sharing everything you have. It's been brilliant. I would like to finish with just a, a few signature questions, if that's all right. Sure. First off, I can't remember if I've pre-warned you to these, so if I haven't, then... Uh, I have not, so let's do it. We'll shoot from the hip. Okay, so what are your favorite apps or browser plugins and why? So my favorite apps right now, I am going deep into Apple notes. It is the fastest note taking, you know, just simple clipboard, you know, sharing or just note taking application that goes across all my devices. I also use things, which is a great project, um, which is a great uh, task manager. And one of the reasons why I like that one so much is that to the exclusion of the others, and I'm sure probably others, you could probably do this, right? But if I put that something is due today on things, right? What happens is that, you know, like everyone makes up a to-do list of, you know, 20, 30 things, and we only get to like four to 10 of them a day. And then when you log in tomorrow, then it's, then all the other ones say, okay, now you're a day late, two days late, 10 days late, 30 days late, 60 days late. It's with things that still stays as today, today, you know, no matter what day it is, it's today. So that kind of helps me out because, you know, it stays there, but it doesn't like make me feel bad that Jesus things 182 days late. Right. So that's one of my big uh, things. Also, I am loving my stream deck. That's not necessarily, it's an app plus hardware, but it's something that I can, um, you know, it's a little macro keyboard, you know, that has a screen and you can put icons on it and you can just program it to do, you know, to do quick things like, uh, you know, start and stop a feed or start, you know, like launch an application or type a bunch of things in for you. It's just, it's a really, really good time saver. Cool. We had a little uh, gander at your stream deck when we were doing the uh, the mastermind. So I, I almost bought one actually. 
And then uh, I, I, I couldn't get one. I actually went to the shop and they, they sold out. And so I took that as a sign, but I will get one at some point. Um, but yes, yeah, so if you're not, if you're not, I've never seen a stream deck before, check them out. They, they're a cool little bits of kit. So I agree. All right. Next question. Who else do you think would be a fa fabulous guest on this podcast? I just interviewed a guy named Christopher Nahibi. Turns out he's the CEO of a bank out in California. And he is a very interesting guy to talk to because he is not selling a course. He's not selling a lead magnet. He just really wants to educate people on financial literacy. And the interesting thing about him is that, uh, you know, he's got a real estate uh He's got a real estate brokerage. He does a lot of uh, real estate deals, you know, both for his bank and for his clients. He has a property management company and he owns a couple of banks and he was surprisingly easy to speak with and easy to, um, you know, just easy to relate to. And I would highly recommend, you know, you reaching out. I'll be happy to pass on, pass on his information so you can, uh, so you can reach out to him. Yeah. Sounds like a very, very interesting guy. That'd be great. Okay, next question. The title of this podcast is Systemize Your Success, but what does success mean to you? Success for me, and, I'm and I realize my bar is really low here, is the fact that I can travel and live life on my terms and, and on my timeline when I need to. So I alluded to the fact that last week I was in podcast movement. Next week, I am driving my daughters to Tallahassee and New York City for uh, installing them in university. A couple weeks after that, I'm going to San Diego for the traffic and conversions uh, convention. And then a week after that, I'm going to Funnel Hacking Live in Orlando. If I had a boss, I would not be able to maintain that travel schedule. And certainly not, you know, like not without my wife and not without, you know, like bringing my gear with me, you know, things like that. And really what happens is that I consider that as time that I am, you know, I'm still working. I'm not, I'm not going to any of these places necessarily for a vacation. I do enjoy myself immensely when I, you know, when I do it, but, um, and I do enjoy working out of my home office, for example, but, you know, changing, you know, just changing scenery is incredibly invigorating for me. And especially after that year long lockdown that most of us have been through, uh, like I'm ready. I just, I need to get out there again. So that, uh, so that for me is the biggest part of success. Not everyone has it and I wish it for everybody. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more again. Um, very last question. Do you believe you can systemize your success and why? Yes, I already have in that. Um, I, um, you know, I, I showed you on the mastermind and I'll be happy to, you know, go through this on a, you know, on a different occasion with your, uh, you know, with your audience. But when I, for example, for me to onboard podcast guests, I already have an application form, which leads into a very simple CRM that Zapier then takes and creates a profile sheet for me. It creates all the file folders. It creates the, uh, the project templates that I need in order to kick off that project so that after I'm done recording them, then my team can, you know, the writer goes and writes, the social media person does the social media, the audio guy does the audio and the project manager coalesces everything together. And all of that happens uh, pretty much, uh, pretty much automatically. So it's a, you know, it's a combination of a couple of different apps and um, it's actually um, like, I'm proud of it. Like I was like, wow, you can actually do that with, you know, with Zapier, you can do that with Active Campaign. You can do that with AWeber. You can do that with Google Drive. Yeah, it's all there. So I'm. Uh, so I already do a lot of that. I th it, there is always some work to be done on it in terms of how can I make this better? How can I how can I skip a step? But for the most part, it's a you know it's a system that that really takes about I don't know a forty five minute onboarding process of creating all those folders and that whole schema of what I need in order to get things done to um, basically having the guests do all the work for me. They fill out their own intro. They fill out their one big tip. They fill out the date that they want to record. They fill out, you know, if they have a lead magnet, they give me their lead email. They give me their LinkedIn address. It's all there. 90% is already filled out. Yeah. Again, couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> it's a very, very uh, similar way to the way we do it. So. Um, cool. 
Jeff, it's been an absolute pleasure. If people want to get hold of you, find out more about what you do, who you are, how can they find you? Sure. So uh, you can look for me uh, very easily, jeffmendelson.com. My podcast lives there. And I also have a podcast production service called Agents of Pod. So agentsofpod.com, feel free to check that out where we talk about uh, podcast strategy and the production. So if you need any help with that, please feel free to hit me up. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Jeff. It's been an absolute pleasure. Cheers, man. Thank you so much. It's been great. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. I'm well aware there are hundreds of great business podcasts out there and you chose to listen to this one. And for that, I am truly grateful. Hopefully what you heard today took you one step closer to building a successful business so you can share your passion with the world and serve an ever-growing number of people. If you got value out of today's episode, then so will someone else that you know. By sharing with others what has helped you along your way, you will grow your influence and be the guy or girl that everybody wants to know. So please hit the share button right now and also remember to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes. It's impossible for me to cover absolutely everything in these podcasts. So please do head over to systemizeyoursuccess.com right now and download the show notes, transcriptions and some of my best frameworks and systems for free. Thanks again for tuning in and being a part of this amazing community. Until next time, this is Dr. Steve Day and you've been listening to Systemize Your Success.